Ask the podcast coach for September 1st, 2018. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that fun-filled music. That means it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the schoolofpodcasting.com, and joining me right over there, right over there, is the one only from the average guy.tv, Jim Cullison. How's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. I'm not even sure where I am at this point. Saturday morning, holiday weekend here in the United States. You know, I'm kind of just, I kind of checked out. So hopefully we'll check back in and have a, have a show here. If you see me nodding off, just tap on the mic. <laughs> tap on the mic for me. That is the, uh, that is great advice. Let's start off with some great advice. Oh. When you're doing an interview. Oh my God. When you do, <laughs> are we going to go there? I, I wasn't going there for that, but yeah. I know. When you're doing an interview, always have your guest and, and probably not a bad idea for you to tap your mic. Um, so I was listening this morning to the new uh, podcasting for radio dummies mm-hmm. with Ed Ryan. And uh, you know what? Uh, quick tangent on that. He always says the guy's name. It's like Tim Odds or Dave or something like that. And the guy has two D's in his name. Like mm-hmm. whatever his last name is, it's two D's. And I went to it and was like, he needs a new like. I don't know, jingleman.com or something like that. Cause I was like, Hmm. Cause I know on the first episode, uh, Ed spelled his name. Mm. That's the only way I was able to figure it out, but you were actually on the show. I was, I was on number four. Ed, did, he did a nice job of, of, uh, of interviewing. Yeah. You know, when you, oh, you almost need a checklist. Like I have a checklist for when I'm interviewing podcasters as a, as a podcaster, when I'm doing interviews, I have this checklist and I'm also a sound Nazi. So like, as soon as you come on, I am in the first two minutes, I am trying to figure out how to get the best possible audio out of you. I'm asking you, what are you using? You know, tap on it. Let's make sure we're using the right thing. But for some reason, I don't do that when I'm being interviewed. And I was in the studio at Gallup and I was on my ATR 2100. It sounded fine to me, but I was using Skype and I typically use Hangouts. And so oh, the Hangouts are all set. But I always forget that Skype inside the browser, I use the browser version of Skype at work to kind of get past all the stuff that I have, the firewalls and stuff I have to get past. Um, I forget that I need to go in there and manually check my settings. And I'm kind of dependent on the guest or the host to know the audio sounds good or not. And I didn't like, I just didn't do that check. Like, do I sound okay? I'm tapping on the mic. Am I coming from this? I have to remember, and this is for other podcasters, if you're doing something different, check things like crazy. Now the sound wasn't that bad, but the second it came on, cause I went back on Friday to listen to it. The second it came on, my, my ears just started bleeding. I was like, Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, rookie, rookie. How good, you know, and the rook, not him, me. Like, how could I make a rookie mistake? <laughs> I know better. And it, it didn't sound that bad, right? We, you always say you listen to this stuff through podcasters ears, but right. I was a little disappointed in myself that I didn't double check the sound coming. Cause I could just tell the second I came on, I could tell, Oh, that's my camera mic. Gosh, darn yeah. it. Cause I heard it and it was like, cause here you're always like crisp yeah. and clear and you came yeah. on and also it was like major bass. And I was like, uh, you did a really job adjusting the volume. So, I mean, it's, I was, it's again, I was, it was one of those words like to me, I was like, well, I could hear you. It wasn't distracting, but it was like, that's, I'm like, he must've done this from work with a really different microphone. Yeah, a really bad one. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was just, it was so, so that if I just I have to I only do maybe three or four interviews uh, a quarter. Let's just say I probably do one a month 
And so it, you just get out of rhythm in it. And I think it's important to, um, especially when you're dealing with a new podcaster, it's really important to make sure, and this was going to be audio only. So I should have been more vigilant about checking my own audio, making sure I was coming through the the right microphone. He was kind of geared up to get in, get the interview done. Wasn't think necessarily thinking about the audio, but it, it, I was disappointed with myself. I was just like, Oh, I could have, I could have been better. <laughs> Darn it. And you can't take it back. It's not like you can record no. it. Again. It's, you know, call as a guest call up. Uh, yeah. Can you pull that down and can we record it? You know, it's usually the other way around. <laughs> so it it is um will the chat room's asking for that link i'll track it down here really quick and throw it in the chat yeah it's it was on radio inc but yeah i think that's where it still is i know he said he's now in uh, apple itunes which means he's an overcast and things of that nature yeah i talked but, him uh, into, i talked him into buying an atr 2100 and he did it so nice. um yeah so he's he what was uh, he using because he didn't sound uh, bad snowball he was using a a, a blue ah, snowball, that, I think. That would explain because I know, and of course, everybody's first episode sounds uh, not as good as their tenth episode, and he sounded a little far away from the mic. It was okay. He was close. I asked him uh, in the post show. I yeah. he'd asked me, and I said, you know, what do you use? And he was a, a blue snowball. Yeah. And I said, how close are you to that thing? And he goes like six inches. Yeah, that's I'm like mm, okay. That should still be. I mean, that's this far, right? That's your hand. Yeah. Why well, so? I had, I had someone that used to do the whole almost mic the side of your face kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she would talk like almost right into the thing. It was, and it sounded actually pretty good. I'm like, what are you using? She's like a blue snowball. I'm like, wait a minute. Really? She goes, yeah, she goes, she goes, but I'm almost eating it. And yeah, I'm like, okay. Right. Well that, um, and they did, they came out with a midi Yeti. Now the blue yeah. has uh and I, I think I was watching a guy on YouTube. Oh, pod. Hmm podcastage i think it is is his youtube channel Re- reuse a lot of stuff over there and he was ba- i guess what they did was they took out some of the elements where you have like 37 different ways to have the the actual blue yeti pickup things and we always want the the cardoid pattern there's only like two now and i guess instead of it being metal it's mainly plastic except for the top part and it's i want to say 99 bucks it still comes with the the horrible dust stand that makes it Super duper noisy, and I still don't yeah, recommend you gotta, it. You got to put those on an arm. Yeah, that's it. You know, you, that's, and that's what they came out with. I think about a month ago, the Yeti Caster, which is this big old boom arm uh, made for uh, those because those things are heavy. Now the new one may not be quite as heavy if it's made out of plastic, but uh, I just I was like, and and it was funny. The guy that was reviewing it was, and he's he's playing a guitar in front of it. He's, he's running it through all sorts of tests. And at the end, he's playing this music, and he's like, "Come on, Blue, make a USB dynamic microphone." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. that yeah. would be cool." They're 100, right? They have a they have a um, something 100 that's pretty good. Yeah. That's that's this style, right? And yeah. I think Addy recommends them uh, pretty frequently. Same price range, I think, though it's XLR only. Yeah, and you know, I forget. There was one blue microphone when I was in a band, and uh, this guy had a major studio, the um, the one guitar player. And so they had me singing a song, which mistake number one. But um, I forget, blue, it's going to drive me nuts. But it was a sweet sound of microphone. And that was when I discovered the joy of Pro Tools and AutoCorrect, or Auto, whatever that is, where they 
they changed the pitch. And I was like, I think it was a little flat. He's like, that's all right. Like, what? <laughs> Auto-tune, yeah. Yeah, auto-tune, Auto-tune. yeah. I'm trying to find this new mic. So uh, Emily says it's a Blue Encore, Encore 100. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's it. And that's, I, I actually thought about those go on sale. You know, they're 99. You can get them sometimes as low as 69, I think. And I've, I've often thought about picking one up just to have it as a second mic and to kind of try out. But I, I just have never pulled the trigger on it. I almost bought a new one last week. The, I was having trouble with the switch. Mm. on this uh, 2100 that I use now. And I just said, well, just don't touch the switch. <laughs> it works fine. Just don't idea. touch the switch. So I'm not messing with it. But I'm having trouble finding that new what are, that new Yeti. What are they calling it? It's not a mini, is it? Uh, do you know, Dave? Do you know what they... Um, How much they go for? No, what they're calling that thing. What's the name of the new one? That, oh, that, uh, the and baby is it, Yeti? Yeah, is, it for, <laughs> is it for sale yet? Um, I, I must have saw it in an email or something. Uh, Blue Yeti Nano, Nano. SP says. Uh, so taking a page out of the uh, Apple. Uh, oh, there it is. Here. There it is. Ninety nine bucks. Yeah. Okay. And what I was checking to see was it's just a USB, which yeah. which you know their USB mics are not. I I don't like. Um, I do not like the Yeti in USB mode and the audio coming back. I mean, I almost I almost amplify that sound. It just never. Your voice coming back is never as true or as rich as I want it to be coming out of the Yeti. It's not out of these 2100s either when it's when you're in USB mode. So I'm just, I, I'm not a big fan of that. I would be interested to see on this, and at 99 bucks, I mean, that's the same price as the, I mean, you can find the blues for that. But yeah. the, the other complaint I got on the, on the blue was that it was so big, it covered my face for this kind of, oh, for this kind of podcasting, right? And, and so it was, um, and it was just super noisy for me. I could never get it. Just though, yeah, yeah. Hello. R- no, right on. How's it going? Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it's a great weapon. Super you know. heavy too. It's heavy, it's, you know. But when I, you know, if I were to put this on the desk, and of course it's not plugged in, but it's, it takes, it's got, it looks cool. That's, I mean, I'll give him credit. It looks cool, and it looks very Johnny Carson. You know, David Letterman, Mike on the desk kind of thing. But I, I was laughing. I had um, somebody contact me and um, she was talking into it wrong. Even in her, like on her artwork, she was talking into it like this. And I'm like, that's not how you use that microphone. So Yeah, you're right. Two patterns on the back, right? There's an eight, there's a, there's just two patterns yeah. available for this. And mic. I was like, well, there you go. We got to, we, we've been. Yeah. We've improved our chances by fifty percent that people will not use this microphone correctly. But made it and four different colors, right? Like a tan and a brown right. and a gray. There's another one right out of Apple's page. Remember the uh, remember the mic that when Mac first kind of was trying to come back and they made these plastic. Uh, so I think it was the iMac, if I remember right. And they had different. They were all super plastic and it looked like they were going to break. And you could get an orange one or an aqua one or whatever. So yeah, the um, the review I saw of it, he did it. He does again. Um, I think SB said his name is Bandrew. He did a thing where he just kept turning the gain up, just so you could hear how much hiss it it introduces if you need it. Because he's like, here it is at thirty percent. Because he has to like whisper because he's got the gain all the way up, and it seemed pretty noisy. So it was just one of those where it's like, okay, not really still the microphone I would recommend. Yeah, uh, SP says I'm going to buy one and drive over it with my car. <laughs> <laughs> Great oh, video, super funny, super funny. I'll have to, I, I imagine uh, Best Buy here in the United States carries yes. these locally, and so I may have to go out and take a peek 
um, see if see if Best Buy is picking them up. And now that they're owned by um, Logitech, Logitech, yeah, it'll be interesting, be interesting to see what see what the it, and if this this had to have been in the pipeline before the acquisition. I mean, there's no way yeah. this is a Logitech thing. Yeah, I was just like, hmm, interesting. So yeah, well, it it you know we'll we'll see. It's a sexy looking mic, and yeah. you know it, if it if you could get it on a you know if you could get it on an arm and and oh. make it work right, it may it may be interesting. They're just so big, you know. <laughs> Jim, you're gonna be so happy. Ready for what I'm gonna do right now? Yeah, go for it. There we go. And now we're recording. <laughs> Doesn't matter how <laughs> doesn't matter how fancy the because I'm getting ready to switch subjects and I go over to press oh. the Q button to put a marker and I'm like, yeah. yeah, you never pressed record. Yeah, well, it happens. Uh, those darn voice. That's recordings. why. Well, but the good news is you have a backup. I have two own. backups. I have a uh, probably a distorted one on Spreak or on uh, uh, Mixler. Mixler. Yeah, Mixler, and I'll use the audio from the uh, uh, <laughs> from the Hangout. I was like, I just over and I'm like. Hey, wait, why don't I have a cue button? I'm like, oh, because the numbers aren't uh, moving. That's, and it's not, it, listen, that's not the voice recorder's fault. So let's just, let's just be clear. That's it. Yes. That is absolutely <laughs> beep, beep, my it's, fault. It's yeah. T- it's tough to be anti Dave Jackson. So yeah. I'm anti voice recorder <laughs> instead. <laughs> so here's Carrie says, uh, she had a buzzing problem yeah, a, a few weeks, weeks ago. ago. It was the mixer. So mm-hmm. it has made its journey back to Amazon. Yeah, we had encouraged her to kind of do some troubleshooting, yeah. start easy, one at a time. And good for you, Carrie, that you found it was a mixer. Uh, and then Chris Nessie is talking about Slick Text. Find it at schoolofpodcasting.com slash Slick Text. Uh, I have 100 people subscribed. That's cool. Wow. Well, only 50 people get the message on the free plan. I Here's the thing. I asked them about that. And because technically you're not sending them a message. You're sending them an auto respond. They made it sound like you, people will continue to get the auto respond. Cause I'm like going, that's a loophole boys. Uh, and, but they made it sound like if you get too many, it's going to kind of like wave a red flag somewhere and they're going to go, um, excuse me, but hello. So, cause I know I'm at 52, I think at this point, and my numbers don't roll over till I think September 13th. So, uh, it seems like a loophole at this point, unless you hmm. get a ton of people. Now, I'm getting ready to go to this conference next week. I'm going to Podcast Minute Atlantic. Speaking of that, no show next week. We talked No live about, show. No live show. And um, so I'm going to probably pay for a monthly thing just so I can ha- – I, I don't want any problems with this because that's going to be my last slide. will be, you know, text SOP to 31996. And so uh, I don't want any – red flags going up anywhere. And, and so we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, so it's been a fun service. I've been playing with it. Uh, there a couple of things I wish they would like, they show you your top cities and they have a map where you can see how many people like I have two people in California and I have a couple people. I would like a list of that. Like I would like, they're like, here are your top cities. Here's a map, but there's no, like, here's everybody. I guess I could look at their phone numbers and that might show me mm. where, yeah, the city, but I'd like to see a list of uh, everybody. But that's been a fun experiment at this point. So I'm, I, I just it was one of those where it's like, and if you missed that episode, slick text is a thing where you can have you you go over and you pick a, a a keyword is what I call it. I think they call it a text word, and then you can have people text whatever that word is to probably more than likely three one nine nine six, and then you can go in and specify what gets texted to them. So I set up a message that said, Hey, thanks for texting. Here's a link to my show in Apple. Here's a show 
uh, I link to my show in Android because I just want my subscribe button in front of people. And so I tried it and people have been using it. So uh, that'll be fun. Yes, I'll be hanging out with Emily at uh, Podcast Mini nice. Atlantic. Nice. So that'll be fun. I need, I, need, I need to do so. I need to get away and do a podcast conference. It's been a year now. And, you know, I don't, I'm not a typical conference guy, but uh, I, I'd like to get. I'd like to get to one. Hey, Dave, this week I was looking at stats uh, and I, I continually, I'm continually surprised sometimes, you know, I'm the guy that posts everywhere. You know, I go out to right. shout engine and, you know, media fire, all that stuff. And uh, I've been posting to archive.org, not as a, it's not my RSS feed. I'm not, you know, it's just, just, as I a just backup. Post out there. Yeah. Well, and kind of as a legacy thing, I'm kind of thinking that may survive me and my, you know, and my, even my hosting. And so I was looking through some numbers, and typically what I remembered was most of them were seven, eight, nine, something like that, right? And you just, and again, I'm not putting them out there for numbers. I'm putting them out there because I'll stay out there. I was looking recently the other day, and I'm starting to get into the hundreds out there, like 130, 120 on hmm. some of these, and on the video ones, which is kind of weird. And not like three years ago, 120, like two months ago, 120. So, yeah, I don't know. It was it was an odd. Um, I, it was just I was surprised by the numbers that I'm seeing out there and it was, was kind of like, uh, OK, this is weird. And and so, you know, I don't know. Uh, I'm looking at one right here that we did um, back in the spring, uh, back in well, not spring, back in May, 157 views video. And, and again, you're kind of like, well, 157, is that not a big deal? I think on archive.org where you're not, I, I do zero advertising for this thing. So you may be, if you're not using archive, I would not recommend you use it as your RSS feed or use it as a free host provider, but you might want to just start posting out there to see what kind of traction you get. That could be interesting. Because I'm assuming you don't get any kind of analytics to see where that's coming from, right? You know, I, I'll have to, I'd have to dig in. I didn't, yeah. that's a good question. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think they provide very many, many details for you um, of where it's coming from, but maybe I'll spend a little time this week digging in on it. Uh, another one of those that is, has been surprising to me is audio Mac, uh, a U D I O M A C K audio Mac.com. They're more of a mix music um, provider. Again, these are, they're free as well and kind of free unlimited forever kind of thing, which I know you don't like, but I'm not using them. I'm not using right. them as my host provider, right? They're just, just throwing it out there. And um, they recently have added a podcasting section. So you can even hmm. tag your audio as a podcast. Does something a little different. Dave, I've got two podcasts out there that have done almost 500 or more on their platform. Again, no advertising. I'm right. just putting them out there. One was a very, very technical look at uh it was one of our um it was one of our cyber frontiers and it was talking about data breaches i can't i can't think of a more boring topic for a hundred percent of the population like but it's got fi almost 500 views out there on audio mac so i way back in the day i started doing all these things and i did them just so i could keep an eye on them just so i could talk about them here so that there, right. there, those may be two platforms that if you're not posting to cost you nothing uh, I, I can't guarantee you'll see the results I saw. I mean, I've been posting to them for years. So to get two of them to go, you know, kind of crazy on me, is, is it worth it? I don't know. You, you make the decision. But two platforms for me that have done pretty well, and they cost me zero. Zero. There you go. Literally zero. And one of them 
has the purpose of archiving the internet forever. Right. So, you know, you kind of go, well, okay, that's not, even if they don't, if they, so if they don't do it, it's not like you invested in it. Yeah. You know, it's not like you put money in it. Yeah. Um, I heard you say somewhere, you know, Hey, you know, even if you're on a lip as soon as you stop paying, well, you get 30 days, 60 days and those get archived. Something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. yeah. Where, cause people yeah. will get, surprise they're like hey i you know my files don't work and you're like can you log in like yeah your your account's closed you you left uh you know in june like well yeah but and i'm like no there's there's no bud it's it's you know if you if you don't pay netflix you don't get to watch the movies you know i always say we're kind of like a utility that way well and so it may be a good practice just to start moving you know little bits at a time start moving your catalog over to archive.org just for a legacy deal i know uh daniel from the audacity to podcast has a whole, like, like it's almost like a will for his podcast. Like if this happens, yeah. you know, call Dave, do this, do that, and then we move everything. But yeah, cause at this point, if I go down, you know, I, I guess it keeps billing my credit card or whatever my, my, when my, when my checking account dies, uh, you know, so does the website. No. Yeah. Well, we've talked about this before. You, you should probably have some instructions yeah. for people like, you know, how to get into stuff and, how to do things. I mean, if you care, if you don't care, listen, you don't, you're not going to care. You're right. dead. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, you, you, it can just be what it is. It really doesn't matter, but it, it's kind of interesting. I, I've always kind of wondered, and we talk about this from time to time, but I've always kind of wondered what my kids will think of this stuff after I pass. And Dave, I have now, I literally have hundreds. It could be, it could even be reaching close to a thousand hours right. of, content that's out there but between my show and other people's shows and stuff i've been on and the gallup stuff that i do right you know you kind of wonder you're like all right there's thousands of hours i don't have thousands of hours of anything from anybody else in my family thousands (laughs) of hours of me out there (laughs) well that's what somebody asked me uh how long have you been podcasting and i was like 13 years and and then it dawned on me that's almost longer than i've done anything else yeah. I was married yeah. for 10. Well, if you time both together, 15. But I mean, at a time, 10, uh, although I was with her for 15. So I, when I get to whatever, 2020, um, that'll, but yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to, to see. Um, Carrie had an interesting question. She said, um, are there any subscribe tools? Because we're talking about uh, slick text. Are there any subscribe tools you can put on your website where it adds them to an email list and subscribes them to the show? I have a few shows I'm not in the habit of listening to regularly, but I'm on their mailing list. And whenever they send me an update, the new episode is live. I always listen. And I think there might be other ways to nudge me. Um, Well, speaking of slick text, um, I have it set up right now that if you, you get the thing and it says, here's the links to Google and Apple. um, If you send me your email list, I will give you a gift. And so Mm -hmm. if you then reply with your email, you get a coupon and that then gives me your email list. Now, again, I'm just, I'm not going to use, no, actually I have that set up now. If you do that, it subscribes you to a mail list or mail, a MailChimp list. Why don't use MailChimp? Uh, And so I then have Zapier set up that if anybody's added to this MailChimp list, add them to my convert kit, which is what I use for my email list. So um, that's kind of a way I know uh, Chris Nessie had said another way is just to have an autoresponder. If somebody does sign up for your email list that, Hey, thank you so much. If you like, you can follow me on Apple and Android here. Uh, but there, I don't know that there's any like one click subscribe to everything kind of tool that would be uh, 
kind of cool. But I like you said Zapier. That's that's a service I think we underutilize. If this and that, everybody knows about. Zapier is actually better. It's paid. It's paid service. Yeah, it's twenty bucks a month. But man, the stuff that it does for me behind the scenes. The integration stuff is just dynamite. And uh, if you're struggling with those kinds of processes, you just mentioned that my eyes glazed over. It was like, wow, this is cool. This is super technical. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's super helpful. I'm not sure if, if this, then that, or Zapier. I have it set up now that when I post an episode of the School of Podcasting, it puts it into my Evernote, like the show notes go into my Evernote. So in theory, if I was ever searching for something and couldn't find it, in theory, I could search Evernote and probably find it, maybe. Yeah. So we shall see. But yeah, Carrie, it's just if this and that and Zapier competitors. Zapier is more on the business end yeah. than if this and that. Yeah, I think it's Zapier that I have set up so that if you join the School of Podcasting, it ties Thinkific into a tool I use called Bonjoro which allows me to send videos to people. And then I think it adds a to-do list on my Todoist, which is todoist.com to add that person to the Facebook group. So it does all sorts of stuff. So yeah. in theory that things won't fall through the cracks or, or yeah. You know. Automation, like saving, you know, like yeah. saving for retirement. If you get it automated, that's just the best way to do it. A lot of the stuff that we do, if you can automate, the the thing you want to watch out for with this automation is you don't create a loop that, you know, oh, yeah. you have, okay, so when this thing happens, update this, you know, so when thing A happens, update B. And then when you say when thing B happens, update A, you've now created an automation loop. A lot of those services both now have ways of checking for that. So if a service creates X number of actions or so much traffic, it'll shut, it'll automatically shut itself off. They're looking for that loop detection is what they're doing, but it's it's pretty cool, um, and, and if you can automate a lot of things in your life, um, they just they just happen automatically. I, it's, I've been thinking about how do I write scripts. You know, I do the same posting to these nine different sites every every week, and I'd love to have a script oh. that would just run through and post those. Do you have? You have oh, an idea not not a, not a posting, oh, but I, I right. use. Um, I've been using this more and more. It's called Text Expander. I think it's something mm-hmm. ridiculous, like two dollars a month or something like that but i use that at libsyn a lot so if somebody emails me and says hey i just uploaded an mp3 file why am i not in itunes i literally have to say if you go to settings blah 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 blah. if you go to destinations blah 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 and if you do this and here's your art so now i just go in i i put a hashtag in front of all my little um what it's like a hashtag so i'll just you know um and I'll type that in and it just types the whole thing. Yep. So we yep. had, um, but I've super been fast cut and paste, right? It's yeah. just super fast cut. And paste. That's basically it. I've been doing that. Like I have, um, the podcast rodeo show at the in, in every show at the end of it, I say, if you want a full review, go over to podcast review show.com and we look over your show and blah, blah, blah. And Eric K Johnson text expander, you know, cause it is, it's, it saves me from going, finding an old post, copying and pasting. So, uh, yeah, I love that thing all the time. It uh, it does have a way to like it'll prompt you. Like I have one for if I import somebody from SoundCloud, and it says, "Hey, we've imported your stuff. Here's the blah blah blah." And um, they need to put in the new feed tag. Well, that new feed tag has their RSS feed in the middle of it. So I have it prompt me like, "What's their RSS feed?" And I copy and paste it in there. So it, it can actually be a little interactive, which is kind of cool. But I, I heard about that from uh, Elsie Escobar. 
and uh, from She Podcast, and she was talking about how cool it is. And I started playing with it, and I was like, Ooh. and that's when I saw the interactive thing. I was like, ooh, this gets even cooler. And it's, like I said, I, I want to say it's like either 2 or $4 a month, but the especially working tech support, the amount of time it saves me is is huge. So if uh, – and then I know in um, – if we're going to get our nerd on, if you're using Divi – Divi has these things called library items. You can, if you're typing the same thing over and over and over, you can make it and save it as a library item. Troy Heinrich showed me this. Uh, and you can then just, so if you have your subscribe buttons or if you have a certain format for that, I know Divi is a really popular WordPress theme and you can just say, okay, insert, you know, library item and here it comes. And then you just tweak whatever you need to. And I think I need to double check on that, but I believe if you go back and edit the library item, it updates every place the library item was used. And I was like, Ooh, that's kind of cool. That would be great for advertising. Well, that'd be great. You know, I always have a footer on every post that kind of has the ways to connect with me. And you know, you're, you're creating these posts. If you could have that be more dynamic that way, when things change, it's automatically updating your posts from years ago that maybe have outdated information. I, actually had to do that manually when, to, when we were switching over from home oh, tech yeah. to home gadget. I wanted to change everything. I would do like 20 at a time and then like had to physically have to get up and walk around, <laughs> like clear my head. Um, not, not really. I am not really good at those repetitive tasks over and over and over and over again. And there's some tricks you can do, copy and paste and change some things. But well, that, that kind of thing would be nice. I remember once I did a find and replace there was a find and replace plugin and that's dangerous. You can really screw. Yeah. And I up. really screwed things up. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I was really, really happy. I'm like, I'm going to make a backup of this before I do this. And uh-huh. I forget what the deal was, but I think I, I forget, but it just, it was things where I was like, Oh, I didn't realize it was going to change that too. And it was like, Oh, I think it was, um, I forget what it was, but it, like it changed the, the name in the URL of images in some cases. So like half my images just went yep. blank and I'm like, okay, yep. that, that didn't work well. Um, Eliquity says she's going to be doing her first live Facebook. So being that Jim, you are the captain of all things live. Mm-hmm. What, what, what should she, uh, what are some easy mistakes to avoid when going well, hopefully live? Hopefully she's tested it like and yeah. gotten some feedback and knows that what microphone she's on and some of those, um, some of those pieces. Um, I think on Facebook live, um, it takes, if, you, if you're really looking for that live interaction, if you're just using it to record it and get it out there, I don't think this is important, but if you're looking to get that live interaction. I think a lot of podcasters make the mistake of on Facebook, just starting. And then it takes a while. It takes four, five, six, seven minutes to kind of gather a crowd. And so I think you have to, in those early stages of it, there has to be kind of some throwaway content. And it can't, it can't just be junk. You can't be out there going, oh, uh, we're waiting for people to join. Uh, uh, you know, you need to have some content. But if you're really trying to communicate something to people, save that for five or six or seven minutes in. Um, because it just takes a while to get people there live. All the live stuff I've seen. And then, man, the traffic is super transient on Facebook. I mean, it comes and goes. Because in, in a lot of cases, people like this morning, right, the, the typical cast of characters are in our chat room, right? We see the same people every weekend and we get some new ones as well. If you're listening new today, welcome. We're glad you came out. But typically, these, this is our audience. This is who comes out. Well, unless you've done a regular Facebook time and date, you're not going to get those regular folks uh, until you've done it that way. So 
on the early ones, you're going to see a lot of transiency. You're going to see people going out. One of the things that drives me crazy um, when I'm watching Facebook is the call out to people joining right in the middle of thoughts. <laughs> Finish your freaking sentence. Yeah. Like, get, get to the end of it. There'll be, there'll be time to call out to your friends that are in there. But it's super distracting when you're trying to actually get content out. And then in the middle of it, you're just like, hey, Steve, or hey, Mike, or hey, Aubrey. Um, I, I'm not, me personally, not a big fan of that. I would <laughs> save, save it for a moment. Like, hey, Jim, you know. you know the best way to grow your audience? Hey, Bucky, what's up? Hey, cool. All right. What were we talking about? Huh? Yeah, yeah, totally. I am, and if, I, it's a, if it's a communication thing, like Dave, you do this when you're walking around. Right. Like th- that's different. Like that's a different, you're, that's a community kind of thing. Hey, I'm hanging out. I want to hang out with you. I'm going to do these call outs. That's different. Yeah. I'm talking about if you're trying to get some content out, if you're try- trying to do a show and you're constantly like you just did, if you're constantly breaking in for, for people joining that to me, that gets, that stresses me out. The uh, other thing I've seen people do, which kind of goes, it's a different perspective from Jim's is they said, always just start the show. Because more people are going to watch it later than live. And that's true. And I'm like, but hmm. I preface that by saying like, if you're trying to get live engagement. Yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, certainly if you're just recording this, cause you are, yeah. Same thing with here, right? We get most of our interaction. I mean, we have a, we have a dynamite cast of crew that's out there live right now, but way more numbers, 95% more numbers listen to it after the fact. So yes, that is true. But if you're trying to get, um, if you're trying to get information out live, yeah, give it a few seconds. I mean, give it a few yeah. minutes to, to let people join. Yeah. And then I, I love your tip of have something to say, but, you know, as opposed to, so, all right, well, hey. Yeah. Monica, what's up? Yeah. All right, cool. Chandler, glad you're here. Excellent. Uh, speaking yeah. of a cool cast of characters, now, normally at the beginning of the month, I would talk about everybody. But this morning, Dave was having fun and started rebooting his computer at 930 and didn't stop till about 1020-ish. And so, yeah, I did not get a chance to update the PowerPoint. And uh, But I do want to thank all the awesome uh, Patreon supporters. If you go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome, you can uh, join this list like Josh, Josh Liston. Uh, my, suddenly, I can't talk anymore. Josh Liston <laughs> from On The Bubble Podcasts. Um, Greg from Debt Shepherd, where he teaches financial wellness. Uh, Jonathan Bloom from Be Great Today. Jonathan Bloom actually listened to the very end of the School of Podcasting because I put the question of the month at the very, very, very end, I believe, if I remember right. And uh, he actually was the first person to answer it. You can find him at weeklyawesome.com. Glenn the Geek Hebert over at horseradionetwork.com. Josh Rivers from podcastingexperiments.com. Max Trescott from aviationnewstalk.com. And, of course, Shane from Spybrary.com. And uh, if you want to be, again, an awesome supporter, simply go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And uh, when we come back from Podcast Minute Atlantic, I'll be sure to have that uh, list all up and uh, updated. And we will thank everybody uh, when we come back in a couple weeks. So, Very cool. Uh, They asked in the chat room, Dave, what are you using? What's your WordPress theme? I use GeneratePress. I love Generate Press, uh, schoolofpodcasting.com slash Generate Press. Um, although um, he said typing it into the chat room, Generate Press. 
Um, although I did see somebody uh, divvy. I sound like a divvy. It's kind of funny because I divvy is really cool, and yet I don't use it. Um, I saw somebody divvy has a whole library of pre-made templates where you just go in and fix it. And a friend of mine used one of those, and literally because she, I was showing her, and she's like, "Okay, well there it goes with the weekend." Because I'm showing her all the stuff it can do. And literally, she just picked one of those templates, went in and fixed it, and her website was done in, I don't know, half a day, something like that. And it mm. looks really good. Um, it's just a, a double-secret probation private website yet. I can't tell you to go look at it yet. But um, the thing I like about Generate Press is, A, it makes it super easy to add a header, change all the colors, uh, change the size of stuff. And the thing I love about it is it has all these other features but if you don't use them, you can just turn them off so it doesn't uh, wig out your um, your brain. Like going, wait, where is everything? I can't find it. If you're not using it, you can turn it off. So, Jim, you are sharing your screen. So let me yeah, lock can on Can I you. show you something a little, a little creepy? Like, so sure. somebody asked that. And if you go to what WP the uh, theme uh, is that.com, what mm-hmm. WP theme is that.com, I put that in the chat room. It's like the information that's there. I didn't. I thought it would just tell me the theme, but it told me Generate Press, told me the website to get to it, told me the author, told me, gave me the author's homepage, a description of it, what version you're running, right? And then a theme screenshot. Then it says, here's the detected WordPress plugins that you're running. So Dave, you're running the social media widget, Simple Podcast Press, GP Premium. That's at least what it can detect. Right. I'm sure you're you're running a few more than those, but good little good little resource if you're wanting to know kind of what um, if you see a theme that you like and you 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 can't it's not posted on the site you can uh, put it put the URL in at uh, it's what WP theme is this is that dot com and if that doesn't work you can go to WP theme detector dot com <laughs> there you go and what I like about this. Is this guy has a really cool blog and all sorts of stuff. But I'm sure what these people are doing is they're able to detect, oh, is this Divi? Okay, cool. Use my affiliate link. Is this Generate Press? Use my affiliate link. And this usually does kind of exactly the same thing that other one did. So yeah, here it found Generate Press. Um, this is one of the top 25 WordPress themes. It's uh, currently number 21. This theme has been detected on 0.29% of our searches, 22 out of every 10,000 sites. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, it's, I, I didn't realize I was using the social media widget plugin. Um, interesting. Um, and then, yeah, simple podcast press and GP three. So that's another, that's the one I use all the time on occasion. It's not, you know, there are some times if somebody will go in and, um, they will change where the, instead of like whatever the website is.com slash WP admin, they'll somehow have a plugin that changes that or they set that up and it'll kind of just confuse the whole scenario. But um, I use that on occasion because people will try to use the Libsyn plugin. And if I go over and see they have some sort of super duper security plugin, I'm like, yeah, that's why that's not working is Libsyn is trying to log into your website behind the scenes. And it goes, no, I don't think so. So it blocks it. So my, um, my, my theme can't be detected at the average guy.tv. It says WordPress detected but the specific theme details cannot be determined it's probably because it's a super old theme yeah emily um, asked me in the chat room if you go to ask the podcast coach.com at least right now on uh, september 1st ish or september 2018 it says click to call and when you do that it actually will ask you for your phone number and i'll be interested to see if anybody uses this because i don't know about you if i go to a website i've never heard of 
and click on it and ask me for my phone number. I'm like, I'm not putting my phone number in there, but it's actually a way for you. So if you, if you're listening to this now on, I don't know, uh, November 1st of 2018 or 2022, and you want to call in, you can call in 888-563-3228, or you could go out to askthepodcastcoach.com and click on the click to call button. That's courtesy of podcastvoicemail.com, which of course is my affiliate link for call eight. So but I just thought uh, I'll put that out there and see if anybody clicks on it and see what happened. And then, yeah. I'll, I'll, then they'll get a lovely staticky uh, voicemail message from people. But back in the day, before there was SpeakPipe and before people could call and leave messages on their phone and then just email them to you, uh, that was uh, that was the way did people did it. You had a you did, had. Do you get that many? I do on occasion uh, when I do the whole question of the month, which the question of the month, uh, in case anybody hasn't heard this yet, the question of the month this month where one is like, oh, my God, I love podcasting. And 10 is I'm like ready to quit. Screw this. Where are you? And if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact, one of the options there is a phone number. And on occasion, I will get somebody that does that. I'm not sure why. Uh, just maybe it's just that easy. They're on their cell phone and they go over that page and it's clickable because a lot of times if you put a phone number on a, in your show notes, it will be clickable depending on the phone they have. And so maybe they just think it's easier. Um, but, um, and then I get some people that I had a guy yesterday email me, Hey, I love your show, man. A lot of great tips. I'm, I'm new to this. I'm trying to figure out audacity. I want to start a podcast. Uh, want to know if I can talk to you for a bit and pick your brain. And that my friends is called consulting. Uh, <laughs> and so I was like, I, I left him a voicemail and sent him an email. I'm like, yeah, just here's a novel idea. Sign up for the school of podcasting. And, um, so did my video stop? No, I think you're fine. Sometimes okay. you just have to refresh, but, um, but no, it, it basically calls. Now, if I wanted to, I could have that go right to my phone, but I have it go right to voicemail. So it's kind of like Google Voice. It's a whopping $2 a month. And then I think it's a whole six cents a minute for the oh, voicemail messages. It's stuck on me, Dave. That's the problem. Oh, that's the problem. You, you're, you, you clicked it over to me that's and they're right. watching me groom my beard while I'm <laughs> excellent. <laughs> there we go. Um, uh, the audio folks don't care. They're like, whatever. Yeah, Just so, move on with the content. But, hey, we, we had this question last week and we really didn't cover it very well. But when we think about uh, tools to use when we want to give away and, you know, a, a PDF, like yes. a landing lead pages, those kinds of things. What have you found, Dave? And I don't, I don't mess with these at all. I have a team at Gallup that does this, and I don't, I don't do any of this for my own show. But when, when you think about lead or landing pages, what do you like? Tools I, I use ConvertKit. That's one of the reasons why I jumped on the ConvertKit bandwagon. Uh, I, I'm not sure. At the time, I was using AWeber, and they came on Pat Flynn's show, and it was like, ooh, it's new and shiny, and ooh, uh, you know, and I can make, if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash headlines, that's one I have where <clears throat> I send you a PDF of not only some of the – basically what I do is I said, hey, I went out and found some of the best resources on headlines. Here they are in a PDF, and you basically do that. And so it's super easy. So it knows. And then I can go in to ConvertKit and see how many people signed up to my newsletter from that. Or if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash baby steps uh, is another one. So that was just that was the reason I jumped over to ConvertKit. It was about at the time it was about the same price as AWeber, 
and I went ahead and moved on over. I know there are a bunch of plugins that do that kind of stuff that'll make a um, thing. I just love the fact that this enabled me to a see get get stats on on is anybody going to that, and then I can go in and it's 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 kind of like its own built if this then that in convert kit it's like okay if they sign up for this then send them this and then do that and then there's there's a, it's actually those are, those are called drip campaigns yeah right? where you send them on a timing on a schedule yeah. you can send them things yeah. yeah so like on the headline one it just it says it just sends you the the link and then if i want to if i remember i can go in and say hey send an email to all the people that have subscribed to the newsletter oh and you might as well include all the headliner people on this as well because it pertains to that so that's what I use. I'm sure there are other. I know there are a, a bunch of plugins for it, but that's uh, that's one that I use. And I know, again, I know you can make a landing page in Divi, and and you know you can make your own landing page in just good old WordPress. Uh, you know, we have one. It's called AskThePodcastCoach.com/slash/live as a landing page. Uh, you know, you can do that. Uh, just most landing pages don't have a sidebar, so there's probably a way to go in and do that. Because the idea of a landing page is you don't want them going anyplace else. Uh, but you could probably do that straight out of WordPress. And, uh, but that's, that's what I do. And then it's just a matter of, you know, if you're trying to grow your email list, you have to have something that they want. And that usually just comes about from talking to your audience and finding out, you know, what, what their biggest pain is or something like that. So, um, we, we were talking this week about this just yesterday at work, we were talking about, I wanted to create a specific landing page that had, it just had pricing information. And in the past, when I've asked our teams to create that, they're a little hesitant to have a customer find that page and just hit it without any kind of introductory content. But we also have a bunch of customers who really are just looking for pricing, right? And so the the content teams are like, no, 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 we want them to land on the discovery page where it kind of walks them through. There's kind of a customer process that kind of walks them through before they purchase, right? We don't want them leaving before they understand the product. But we also have a subset of customers that just need to get to the pricing. They just want to buy, right? And so it was really, really interesting because the the, the content teams actually like, so if they, they, they were saying to me, if they were going to create this kind of page for you, we're going to block it from the robots because we don't want search finding it. And then for whatever reason, directing just, just native search to it. We want to make sure that that link is kind of hidden from everybody and it was only used for, you know, particular situations with landing pages. So one more technical thing to think about if you do create landing pages, there's and I think in, with most landing page creators and you can do this, I think, in WordPress as well, uh, lock that page out from the robots. In other words, don't let them don't. There's a search and I forget there's some. There's some code you can put on the page that will tell the bots to go away. Like, no, don't, don't search this page. We don't, I don't want it to show up in search. And I know that sounds weird. You're like, every podcaster is like, no, I want everything found all the time. I don't, you know, I don't want to. Well, no, there may be some circumstances where you want to keep this page fairly private. In other words, the search engines can't find it. And you're just directing people to it for a very specific reason. I hadn't thought all the way through that, you know, that process before. I was like, real? Oh, yeah. I guess it's okay. I guess in this situation, it is true, and you can stop the crawlers from finding those pages. Yeah, back before I knew anything about that, and I was building pod, you know, podcasts. I was building websites in front page, Microsoft front page. Uh, the band I was in had one, and we were giving away if you signed up. I forget what the deal was, but you ended up getting a free Sugar Daddy 
magnet. And all it was, was it was a business card magnet that we took a business card and went, stuck it on the magnet and mailed it to you. And I was amazed. I did not realize that there are thousands of people on the internet that will take anything that's free. They don't care what it is. And so I'm like, wait a minute, why am I, this person wants me to mail a magnet to Iowa. And I'm like, eh, maybe they were in town. And then when you saw one from like, you know, Nebraska, and I'm like, no, nobody from Nebraska wants to know about the sugar. And I was like, and then they just, it just was like, like you somehow got on some sort of like website of like, here's free stuff. And I was like, okay, we're not sending out any, if you're not in Ohio, you're not getting a sugar daddy magnet. So maybe that, you should do that on Craigslist. Cause there's a whole bunch of people <laughs> who have alerts set up for Craigslist free podcast. That's it. And, you know, put your, put your podcast link in there. I, you, you may get in front of some eyeballs. Those are probably not your listeners. Just to be honest, if you, if you do that, you're probably not going to reach the, the individuals you're really looking for, but that may be a way of getting some eyeballs uh, pretty quick on Craigslist. Cause there's a, like you said, I, every time I put out anything free on Craigslist, they ju- it just goes bonkers yeah. uh, of the the messages I get back. There are people who are just constantly scanning for free. They'll come pick it up and then they'll resell it, which is crazy. But they do, they do do that. That's I know. In that, it's a whole <laughs> it's a whole underworld. Um, we we just this has nothing to do with podcasting, but it is a good thing to do. We um I had a in my shed years ago. I was going to put some tile down. I bought a whole bunch of tile. We never tiled. It's been sitting in the shed for eight years. <laughs> like I got to get rid of this tile. It's heavy. Or right. And so, you know, I was kind of, how am I going to get rid of this? And I just called our local Habitat for Humanity and said, hey, you know, they have a restore here mm-hmm. in town. And I said, would you come out and pick it up? And they said, yes. And they actually asked, hey, look, it costs us to send somebody out to you. It costs us like $80 to do delivery. Are you willing to help offset some of those costs like yeah to get rid of this tile otherwise it'd be you know and so i i was able to pay online to have them help come out and pick this stuff up that's the right thing to do habitat's doing the right thing right right? so as opposed to just throwing it in a dumpster somewhere right on just wasting it you know or putting it on the curb and hoping somebody comes by and picks it up so on thursday thursday morning a truck came by picked it up it was great it was great service so You've got some of those kinds of things, household things you're going to give away. I've had really good luck selling some equipment. Um, I have an audio box, um, you know, the PreSonus um, audio box, I think is what it's called. You know, it's a little, the little blue. um, And I just put that on the local Facebook uh, marketplace and supposed to sell this weekend. We'll see if I actually make a connection with the seller i have got rid of my got rid have, of my blue that way have you been selling do what you i have not stuff? but that's everybody i talk to says oh man the facebook marketplace is the way to go now and i'm like really so i need to check that out um the chat room says emily says i'm going to start leaving show business cards and the stuff i put on the curb for for bulk pickup yeah. uh uh says way, the hit rate on those is super small yeah like don't, don't expect i do have a bunch of extra cards i should just be leaving them i always put them in the when i go to the gas station and they have the thing for the the uh the little holder for the uh uh the pamphlet for the like credit card or whatever i'm just i grab on and and put that right there so (laughs) as you're you know pumping your gas um talking about lead magnets liquidy says i'm uh finishing up a 10 best tips for gluten-free travel apparently using a phone number and uh and best in your title with short information PDF. Um, yeah. And that's the other thing. If you're doing any kind of giveaway, make sure you have your website at the top of that giveaway. So if they share it with somebody, they know where it came from. Are, are giveaways effective anymore? Like it, it was huge five, six, seven, eight years ago. 
I don't see that many, like I don't see the big dogs giving stuff away. I don't see the contests like we used to see. That just seems to me, let's see. I see less and less and less of I that think, think, kind of going on. I think Pat Flynn has still has the like how to do the, let's see. Uh, affiliate mark email marketing because he used to have the thing about ebooks the right way or something like that. I don't see. The, I, I will give um credit that when I go to Pat's site, I'm not getting hit in the face. I, I hate the things that come on. They take up the entire page and you have to scroll down to click a go away button. It's like join my email list and you're like no thank you, and you're, like, trying to figure out where to, like, say go away or whatever. Um, I don't see anything popping out at me at, at, on Pat's site. I did notice. Let me see something here real quick. As you're, as you're looking that up, Mike Howard says he stopped doing it. He says she says yes for sure. She, and, you know, you don't want to be sexist here, but she says maybe in the female realm uh, that works. And it may depend on your audience. Yeah. You know, my tech audience 35 to 55 white male, lots of disposable income. That's kind of, I'm not saying that's my target. I'm just saying that's who my audience is. When I go to give something away, many of them are like, nah, I just buy it. <laughs> like it's easier if I just buy it. I'm not going to jump through your hoops guy. I'm not going to sign up on Twitter. I'm not going to do these things. I'm not going to submit this. I'll just buy it. If I want it, I will just buy it. So it may be my audience is, um, I have one of those audiences that's like, nah, like where giveaways just aren't as effective. Maybe it, you have to, it really kind of depends on your audience. The other thing that's interesting, Pat Flynn is no longer posting his income reports. His last one is from December, 2017. And hmm. I, I, I listen to Pat off and on. Um, here's the thing that I'm, I was going to do start doing on the school podcasting, but I may not. Pat interviews a lot of his clients and that seems to be, I don't know. There are times that I'm like, oh, okay, here's, it's like, it's, it's, what's the, it's not, it's not, um, I don't know. It just turns into a, a very subtle Pat Flynn commercial. And I'm like, eh, not sure if that's yeah, going to work get, for me. You start building an enclosed ecosystem too after a while and you know who you can trust and you know, who'd be a great right. interview and you know, those those kinds of pieces. Yeah. But um, that's a good, I mean, I know the reason every time I read something about pop-ups and blah, 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 I, I always hear the reason that people use those is because they work. I just, I hate them, but apparently not everybody hates them. And I think we're all just used to going, no, go away. I, the one that drives me nuts, because most of them are pretty smart. You can say, don't show this again for another 45 days. So if somebody's coming to your site all the time, they're not getting that same pop-up. That drives me nuts. When I was like there yesterday, and I'm like, oh, wait, I, I want to go back and check on that. And I go back and I get the same. I was on one. I was trying to figure out what the difference is between a sports coat and a suit jacket. And the answer is not much. Uh, and, but the website I went to, literally, I, I went to the website and there was one ad, an email list sign up, and some sort of other pop-up. And I was like, holy cow, I'm just, I can't even get to the article because I've got to move all the garbage you stuck in front of me. And, um, that, that will always turn me off if, if you're just beating me over the head with, with logins. So, yeah, well, it, it's, 
you say that, like you say they, it must work. And every fiber in my body revolts against that. Yeah. I'm like, it can't work. Cause I close it every, like <laughs> I see them and then I start cursing, you know, I'm like these, you know? So I, I, the, I doubt that, but I mean, it qu- must be true. I think the question is, I, I bet they get more email signups than without it. The better question is, if they're using that to sell something, do they actually sell anything yeah, to yeah. the people that are like, okay, I'll get the free thing? I don't know. It's a good what's question. The qual- what's the quality of those signups, right? What, yeah, exactly. what is the, what's the lead, you know, what is the, what's the price of acu- uh, um, acquisition? There we go. What's the price of acquisition versus the actual ROI on the back end? That would be, that would be interesting we we've had i mentioned this before at gallup we've had really good luck on facebook of advertising through facebook that continues to be a really good depending upon what we put out there a really good source for leads and and a really good source for sales and i I would think you know we'd find the end of the internet at some point but apparently i heard a stat on radio lab this week 2.2 billion people 2.2 billion on facebook with 1.2 active in 30 days, 1.2 oh. billion people, Dave, active in 30 uh, on a 30 day period. It's a lot of uh, 1.2 billion. And, and by the way, that's not China. There's no China in those numbers. Did you listen to the Radio Lab episode on the people that have to go yes. go in and Just say did. say that the image moderators. isn't acceptable? Yeah, moderators. The moderators. And the that's fa- where that stat came from. Yeah. Yeah. That man, you talk about great content. You know what I like about Radio Lab is I know all of that is scripted, but it it like it doesn't sound scripted in a way. Because they always come back and they'll 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 intermix it and they're like, you know, Jim was doing this thing and he was doing the thing, and here's the amazing stat that's gonna make you think. But here's one other thing that you didn't think about. Here's the thing, and then they'll go. And they'll play a clip of you, like then they'll go uh, to a clip of you going, yeah, it was the thing. And that's why I didn't, and who knew the thing was going to do the thing. And then they'll go to like, what's the guy's name? Jed Eben. Yeah. Jed. Jed. And and Jed will go, I can't believe I saw that. It was amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And then they'll like, here's some more mood music. And then the thing came on. So they, they kind of pop in and out of that to where it doesn't sound so much like somebody's doing the news to you. And that's really why I like that show. But man, talk about very well. It's done very well. And talk about information you can't get anyplace else. When right. when you have to disguise somebody's voice, you know you're getting some really good content. Yeah, they 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 continue to do a very very good job. I think Radio Lab is one of the ones I really really appreciate from NPR. Yeah, like they those guys, um, Robert Krolich and Jed Edmund Rod. They they are they're pretty amazing at what they do, and they it's. You know, they don't, it's rapid fire words, but then they know where to insert pauses and kind of create uncomfortable moments. And, you know, it really is done well. And, and they don't, I, I, I don't know, it's just done very well. It's their style. Do not copy it. It's their style. Right. <laughs> they do that really well. By the way, if you go back and listen to like every once in a while, they play one from seven or eight or nine years ago. And it's different. Like you hear a difference in, in, uh, um, Jad has even admitted, he's like, Oh yeah. In the early days, I used way too much dramatic music, and there was <laughs> way too many gimmicks, you know? And so we grow, right. We grow as we do these things. Even these guys, um, grow. They're 15 years into that podcast, by the way. I was laughing because they were talking about some sort of blue crab and they yeah. said, and they were talking yeah. about 
Apparently, there's this big mating ritual. Oh, there goes oh, all the frothing is all over the desk now. I just spilled on my desk. <laughs> uh, the good news is there wasn't much coffee left. Oh, that's good. Let's go blue crab. Sorry, are we uh, are we losing? No, we're fine. I'm we're completely fine. No, fascinated on your keyboard right now. <laughs> there's no. It, it hit in an area where there's nothing except the base of the microphone. So okay, I'm good. cool. Keep going. The uh, yeah, it was about blue crabs and something about how they come together for this blue crab prom and there's lots of sex with the blue crabs and they somehow bleed blue blood or something like that. And what was interesting was as soon as they said something about, they had a catchphrase and it was something like blue crab prom porn, something like that, that I was like, okay, now I got to listen. And then Mm -hmm. within like six Mm -hmm. minutes when they really got into the science of the blue crab, I'm like, you know what? I don't care about blue crabs. Uh, I'm done. So it was one of the few times I've actually tuned out. Cause I was like, in the end, I don't think I'm going to get anything out of this. It was interesting and it's sciencey and nature. And I was like, yeah, right now I'm not in the mood for wow. You know, it's, mother nature. That was, a, that was actually a good one though, in the sense that they get into the, the mechanics of like, so they're, they're trying to create a synthetic man-made, you know, this blue blood helps coagulation happen so that hmm. bacteria can be isolated in blood and they can, we can do tests of, of medicines on the blood before we do it. We test it on animals. So the thing is super important, but then they talked about the economy of like, okay, so you create this synthetic, that's going to change the the way we treat blue, blue crabs because today they're super valuable. So there there's hmm. laws against hunting them and using them. They used to grind them up for bait, those kinds of things. And so they were like, actually, if we remove what we do now, this will affect the, their future in a negative way, which was really interesting. Huh. Like, in other words, it doesn't always pay to create synthetic material. You know, they're, they're important right. in, this, in this space. So that was a good one. Uh, they, they do a nice job over there on Radio Lab. And uh, SP needs to know, like, is this where you ring a bell for Sarah or something to, to bring more coffee? Or how does- no, I wish I could. She's gone. She just left. I'm, uh, I'm, I need a napkin is what I need. It's, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm tempted to just start licking it off the desk, though. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's, there's coffee sitting on my desk, and I'm like, maybe I could lick it off. Yeah, because it's going to get... Now, did you have sugar in that? Honey. Oh, yeah, that's... Oh, yeah. It's going to be... Yeah. No, there was just a, to be honest, a smidgen of coffee. Okay. I just was stupid enough. I was looking at you reaching for the coffee and I just tipped it over. So now it's fine. Excellent. I'll do in the pre-show. I'll grab a, I see a, I see a towel over there. I can grab, I'll grab it in the pre-show. Okay. <laughs> the post-show. Or the, the post-show. post-show. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, Jim, anything coming up on uh, TheAverageGuy.tv? Yeah, well, you know, we always have a good time over there at TheAverageGuy.tv. You might want to jump in. Recently, uh, we talked and we did some backup updates. So if you're talking about backup, Plex, which has its own podcast app in it now. They've been yeah. really working on doing some podcasting stuff. Doesn't still work great, but uh, we talked about Plex. And then uh, one of the guys on the show, we checked out his rack. He has to come over out to TheAverageGuy.tv. Nice. And on the School of Podcasting, I interview a 17-year-old kid who does a podcast about Vikings. Jim, you want to guess how many downloads he's getting? Oh, about Vikings? Yeah. Thousands. thousands maybe in the thousands. Yeah, it's 10,000 downloads an episode. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, Wait. I'm like, how are you doing that? And he said, this is what I did, and this is what I did. I'm like, that's kind of new. I, knew, I saw it coming, but that's new, and you'll have to tune in Monday to um, hear what the heck he did. It was uh, really interesting. So, But thanks to the chat room for coming out. We're here every Saturday. Askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. Stick around for some post show or join the Patreon group. 
to listen to the post show. 